Delaware County's premier podcast with your hosts, Dennis and Michelle. Welcome to This Week in the Bear Cave, everyone. Dennis Zero and Michelle Roselle with you here once again. And you, you know some of my happy voice today because Michelle is back in studio after a week off. Yes, yes. We missed you. Thank you. We're glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back. Yeah, you missed, you missed History Geek Week, so. I know, I know. That's okay, we'll make it up. <laughs> yeah, we will. This week we are sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County. Animus Wellbeing, a holistic approach to helping people achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life. In the Shadow Designs, the place where your custom creations are made for all occasions. And Peak Washing LLC, the pressure washing professionals for that dirty job. Well, like I said before, Michelle, glad you're back. Well, thanks. It's good to be back. Cave just isn't the same without you. Oh, thanks. Now, well, we missed story time. I've got a good one this week. (laughs) I bet you do. I'll make up for it. Even though, you know, we give props to uh, Tommy and Trevor for hanging in there, but no harps for you guys. Sorry. <laughs> they did a good job. And I, I say thank you also for hanging out and, and covering me for that week. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think at some point we'll all probably get back together again. And, oh, for sure. And, uh, yes. You know, talk about aliens and weird things. And, <laughs> oh, yeah. History. <laughs> right. History. <laughs> well, it is Memorial Day weekend coming up. And I know that uh, we'll have more on that on the third segment. But I ask our listeners to do me one favor. Don't wish anybody a happy Memorial Day. Right. It's it's not a happy day. I mean, maybe a good day, but not a happy one. It's not about that. So, you know, I just want to get everybody to kind of keep that in mind. Right. Unbelievable, crazy week so far. I can't even get my head wrapped around on what's going on in the United States lately. I agree. And obviously I'm talking about the mass shootings. We've had two in three or four days. Start off last Sunday with... Uh, Another 18-year-old going into a grocery store after he wrote a manifesto and killing you know, a bunch of people. Yes. And then, of course, in Texas with another 18-year-old killing 19, I believe the count is 19 children. You're correct. Two teachers. And he shot his grandmother. I, I can't get my head wrapped around this. No. What will make you click like that? What, what would make you just go over the edge? The thing about it is, too, is, is social media gives people a platform that they can be listened to. So this, uh, you know, the guy in New York wrote, I don't know how many page manifesto. And uh, basically, I mean, he was a racist. Let's just come right out and say it. Right. There's, there's no doubt about it. But I, I don't think we'll know for a while what happened down in Texas. Man, when our children are being slaughtered, it just, it, I mean, it's just disturbing. It I, is disturbing. And, and what do you do? I mean, that's really the big question is what direction do we go? Well, thoughts and prayers don't get it. Correct. I'm, I'm tired of hearing people saying our thoughts and prayers are out to they're with you. And it's it's our leaders. It's the inability of Congress and the Senate to pass any kind of legislation. Look at this, for example. We just sent 40 billion with a B dollars to Ukraine in weapons and armament. What if we took that same 40 billion dollars and put it into our schools? Because we live in a different society now. There's no question. Correct. About it. Correct. There's no going back and saying, oh, you know, well, when I was in the 60s, I never had guns in 70s when I went to school. Well, those days are gone. Correct. Just doesn't happen anymore. Yep. So if you have $40 billion, there's a bunch of veterans out there like me who are armed, who will be more than happy to guard our, our children. Yes. I'd be more than happy to do that. And it's sad it has to come to that. But, but it, it is. is. Yeah. And teachers should be teaching. You know, there are some teachers that are willing to be armed and I'm sure they're, they are. They go to the range and they... You know, they practice the craft or whatever, but that's not their job. Their job is to teach. Their their job is not to be a security guard when you're teaching math. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. We have all this technology. So it's come down to the point now where even in smaller towns, we have to lock schools down. We have to do something to protect our children. To me, lockdown, that's a scary word. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. Well, maybe I should just say secure the building. That's, That's probably better because I don't want to make it sound like kids are in a prison from Right. Eight, eight in the morning till three in the afternoon. Right. But passing more gun laws is not the answer. It isn't the answer. And I was thinking about that when I was driving over here. That's the first thing that's going to come up is the gun laws. And really, in, in all reality, it's to me, it's a, a mental issue. Absolutely. And we're not taking care of these mental issues. So that, to me, is worth investing in. As predicted, Sniffy Joe's like, you know, he's going after people who are the gun lobbyists. And then Obama got up there and ran her pie hole about, yeah, we got to pass new legislation, blah, blah, blah. It's like everybody's been talking about this for years. 
and no positive action has ever been taken. Well, right. I, I just gave you a plan. There you go, Sniffy, run with it. Yeah. But it's this whole social media platform and it's all younger people. Yes. For the most part, it's Correct. it's in between, you know, 18 to, let's say, 25 years of age. I don't get it. I don't either. But I, I agree with you. It's a it's a huge mental issue. And uh, yeah, passing more gun laws is not the answer. Because these people are still going to get guns. Bad people are still going to get guns. Oh, all the time. So it doesn't matter how many laws you pass, they're still going to get guns. Okay. If I have to wait five days to get a permit, all right, I'm not worried about Correct. it. Correct. So what? Right. How many background check laws do we have to pass? Do we need any more? Is that going to solve the problem? I don't think so. No, I agree. It is insanity and it just, uh, it's incredible. We have this big problem on the border right now. Yes. And I, I hate to keep harping on it, but because of Sniffy Joe's border inaction, along with uh, Alejandro Majerkis, there's terrorists coming in. They're now threatening and plotting against the United States. But at least uh, Title 42, did you see that? Yes. It was upheld by a, a judge in Louisiana. I don't know if that's going to stop anything, but it'll s- certainly slow down because now we have this COVID resurgence again. You know? Right, right. I'm holding out for the monkey pox. <laughs> what the hell is wrong? Monkey pox. Well, then again, you know, I, I haven't gone to any raves in <laughs> Portugal. I'm just going to come right out and say it. So. I was going to say, I really did actually read up on it. I was like, wait a minute, this is sexually transmitted for the most part. <laughs> what the what the hell? I'm sure I'm going to piss off all my LGBTQ plus and whatever the rest of the alphabet people are. All my friends are going to be angry at me. But uh, it's either a slow news day where it's like, now we got to talk about monkeypox. That's a big thing. We've had like, I don't know, there's been like 90 reported cases around the entire world. Right. Exactly. <laughs> But I thought it was pretty funny when it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk about this some more with uh, Trevor. But uh, yeah, (laughs) the hell's wrong with you people? I don't know. Moving right along. Today, we have Ellen Morse, secretary of the Two Mile High Club, coming into the Bear Cave to talk about the origins of the club. And I guess all things kind of donkey, right? Absolutely. And remember, next week, we have Stephanie Keyes coming into the Bear Cave. She is running for the Teller County clerk seat in this uh, upcoming election. I think the uh, primary is on the 28th of June, so don't forget to get out and vote. Maybe she'll be able to shed some light on what the office does for us. So lots of interesting guests coming up into the cave next couple of weeks. I will say in advance that we have the sheriff's open house on June 4th in Divide. Yes. And we'll be hanging out with uh, In the Shadow Designs. There'll be a big yellow easy up, so come by and say hi. For sure. The stories that we're kind of following this week is uh, Title 42, migrants across northern Mexico are voicing frustration and desperation after the U.S. government failed to lift the pandemic era policy. I like that now. Now it's the pandemic era. Right. As if we went through some, I guess it is kind of an era. (laughs) A federal judge in Louisiana largely prevented them from seeking asylum in the United States. And some of these people have been down in Mexico for about two years. Yeah. But an 11th hour decision made by a federal judge in Louisiana on Friday made it impossible for the U.S. Centers for Disease Controls or the CDC, that pseudo government organization. It was supposed to end on Monday. And that was known as Title 42. Allegedly, tens of thousands of migrants have been waiting in Mexico, often for months, to help control the spread of COVID-19 in crowded border facilities. I had border facilities in here. Did you see that? (laughs) Some days I can't even read my own writing. (laughs) Anyway, the, uh, the border facilities are saturated with migrants right now. There's been quite a bit of upheaval about people from Ukraine kind of jumping the head of the line right, in, in right. front of migrants and stuff like that. But uh, we'll see how my jerkus handles that one. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> Come on. Oh, no. He'll just say, we have a hand on it. Exactly. That mealy mouth little Mr. Potato Head <laughs> voice of his. I say, fair enough. It's almost like when they come to the United States, they're on parole, right? Right. It's like, here's your court date. You got to show up for your immigration hearings. And as we know, a large percentage of those people never show up. So. I think it's a good decision for right now. Yes, and um, yes. you know, maybe it'll put a dent into the monkeypox. <laughs> like I said, just don't go to raves in Portugal and you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> but uh, remember when Sneffy said he was going to undo the hardline policies that the uh, Donald set up. And uh, so far, Sniffy hasn't been able to deliver on very many campaign promises at all. True. Uh, I can't think of too many. Other than, you know, shutting down pipelines and stuff like that. Right. 
Exactly. Only to say that there are 9,000 permits that have been issued to companies, which we know is BS. Right. Maybe to individuals who own land. Correct. I don't think there's 9,000 permits for, you know, larger companies. Who knows? Sniffy's approval rating hit a new low. He's at a whopping 39%, which is uh, even lower than Jimmy Carter back in the day. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can say. Wow. And now that he uh, says that we're going to defend Taiwan militarily. Did you hear that one? <laughs> yeah. And did you see the responses? Like his staff is now is defending. It's like, well, it's it's a strategic plan. <laughs> and I'm going. You guys have run out of being able to like back up anything he has to say. You mean coherently make any kind of statement whatsoever? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was like the Radio City Rockettes. There were tap shoes going in the background. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Fast and hard, and there were a lot of them. <laughs> No wonder Peppermint Patty split. Yeah, she exactly. She, her own sanity was probably on the on the line. Yeah, yeah. She got a good gig with uh, one of the networks, so she doesn't care. No. But uh, oh my God, it's it's uh, we're so screwed. We are so screwed. Skeletor, nasty Pelosi is back in the news. That good Catholic, right? Right. Apparently, Nasty Pelosi has been denied from taking Holy Communion because of her staunch support for abortion. Like, uh, yeah, no one cares, right? Exactly. Except maybe uh, Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni. And uh, I think he's from the San Francisco Diocese. And this is These are big words. He said, you are not to present yourself to Holy Communion, and should you do so, you are not to be admitted to Holy Communion. That's kind of a double negative, but it's, right. that's what he said. He also asked her to repent. Only to find out that there was an archbishop who gave her communion in Washington, D.C. a couple of days ago. Correct. But the San Francisco newspapers are blasting the archbishop. And, uh, well, at least they're not blaming the right-wing Republicans at this time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that they'll uh, they'll tie that in somehow. But at least Nasty has got Whoopi Goldberg looking out for who came to her defense over communion. Right. What the hell? You know, I was asking myself, I was like, what the hell does Whoopi know about communion? But uh, then I found out that uh, she grew up as a Catholic. She did. And she attended Catholic school. Maybe that's why she took on the fake Jewish persona after that. I don't know. Well, you went to Catholic school. I did. I grew up Catholic. So you can kind of relate to all this, right? I think it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, it doesn't irk me, but what kind of makes me wonder is that she always claims that she's such a good Catholic, this and that. Well, if you're a good Catholic, then you really can't staunchly back abortion. Correct. Right? There's kind of this, uh, there's a conflict of interest here. So you got to be kind of one or the other. Right. And then uh, Whoopi jumps on the on the pile. Well, actually, Whoopi should be jumping on the pile. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the bear pile. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and what the hell kind of name is Whoopi anyway there, Karen? That's actually her name. Karen yes. Elaine Johnson. Yes. You know why she picked the name Whoopi? Uh, because she had she was full of gas at comedy clubs is what I read. <laughs> Correct. They said she sounded like a whoopee cushion. A whoopee cushion. <laughs> well, that makes sense because now she's still talking. <laughs> fill in the blank on that one. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I you know that those kind of people they just jump in and it's it's none of your damn business. No. You host a, a cackling show during the day with a bunch of pissed off people. I don't think I've seen any of the view ever. I haven't. I, I don't care. They kind of bend with the wind like trees, you know, whichever whichever way the wind blows, they kind of go that way. Right. And try to find something every day to be pissed off at. Correct. Good Lord. Yeah. Jump on the pile, Whoopi. Another person that should probably jump on the pile is uh, Hillary Clinton. Have you seen what's going on? Well, remember all the Donald's collusion with Russia kind of stuff. Everybody's kind of scratching their head because uh, none of it made any sense ever. Right, right. And we spent, what, two years, special prosecutors, billions of dollars. Well, I don't know about billions, but certainly millions of dollars for this investigation and came up goose eggs. Correct. Well, lawyer Michael Sussman, who was Hillary's campaign lawyer, and he, I don't know if he was the manager or not, but he was certainly in the hierarchy. His trial is underway for lying to the FBI about the Donald's tie to Russia. And allegedly, Hillary greenlit the whole scam, and we now know that Clinton campaign was behind the Steele dossier and a couple of other dossiers that they came up with. And that it was all secretly funded, and they hid the funding also from the Alpha Bank 
And that was pushed to the FBI, it was pushed to the CIA, and then most importantly, the news media that ran with it for, I don't know, a couple of years. Right. And then, oh, don't forget Crazy Eyes Adam Schiff. He jumped on it and just went, oh, it's collusion with Russians, this and that. They all perpetuated that lie, and Hillary greenlit it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or should I say Hillary? And now, here's the irony of all this. She's traveling around the world giving speeches calling for censorship because of the dangers of disinformation. And she doesn't want people to spread disinformation, and she wants them to be barred from websites. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> well, that's really ironic because uh, she gave approval to running arguably the most successful disinformation campaign in American history. And Sussman, who worked for the FBI at one time, goes to the FBI as a patriotic citizen and wants to give him this information. The hell is going on? So all this bogus information because he was a patriot led him to going to trial. And most likely he'll be convicted and go to jail. So I'm sure he'll be at club fed. Right. I doubt that Killery uh, will pay him a visit anytime soon. So there goes two years of investigation, spending millions of dollars on special prosecutors, like I said before, without any results. Why? Because it's all a lie. But, you know, then again, Sussman will make some new friends in Club Fed. Yes, he will. <laughs> what a moron. Well, anyway, when we come back, we'll be talking to Ellen Moore from the Two Mile High Club. So don't go away. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at csabode.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. to this week in the bear cave with dennis and michelle and right now in the bear cave we have a special guest and she is the secretary of the two mile high club and that's ellen moore ellen thanks for coming into the bear cave well good morning nice to be here the hallowed cave oh it's cavey <laughs> it's my story i'm sticking to it right <laughs> but anyway ellen uh tell me about the two mile high club and kind of its origins and how you got involved with that well, uh, the Two Mile High Club has been in existence since 1931, so um, a long time, uh, 91 years this year, and uh, they came into existence when modern machinery took over the mining operations in Cripple Creek, so donkeys were no longer needed. So the donkeys uh, that were in the mines were released out onto the streets of Cripple Creek, uh, basically to fend for themselves. So in 1931, a group of businessmen uh, in Cripple Creek decided that they needed to care for the donkeys um, because they were released kind of harshly out onto the streets to fend for themselves. So they created what was called the Miles High Club at that time, and they... Uh, would do fundraisers in order to get money to uh, take care of their food, shelter, and vet care costs. And it's been in existence ever since. It's a group of volunteers, and we are, you know, have no paid employees. We're totally all, you know, 100% doing this for the goodwill of the donkeys, and we run basically 100% on donations. 
1931. I had no idea. I thought it was, let me, let me back up a little bit. Cause I was reading some background and stuff. I like history and that kind of thing. And I read that the donkeys never saw the light of day. They were in the mines the whole time. Is that right? Up until Teddy Roosevelt came to visit. Yes. It was, you know, a, a basic animal cruelty back then. Um, but I don't think the uh, human workforce was treated any better. But when Teddy Roosevelt came and he discovered that the donkeys were not getting any sunlight at all, he demanded that they be brought up from the mine so they would get exposure to sunlight and so forth. That must have made for some pretty ornery critters. Or were they so used and they were docile and just, you know, subservient at that point, you know, working down there? Yeah. It's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Let me ask you this. So were they being bred down below the surface as well? Or how did that all kind of work? I don't think necessarily bred down there. I think they were beasts of burden that were simply brought in. I mean, they were used all over the Pikes Peak region. They built the Pikes Peak Highway. They paved their way through the Ute Pass here, you know, which is now 24. They were used all over the state of Colorado. And I don't know about the breeding part of it, but I would think not down in the mines. That wouldn't, it wouldn't seem like that would be something that would happen. Yeah. Then, Cause then we would have like donkey pox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what you got into when you came down here today. Let me tell you. I'm good. <laughs> what about your background? Are you a Colorado native? How did you wind up in Cripple Creek? I'm assuming you live in, do you live in Cripple Creek? I, I do live in Cripple Creek and um, I was born and raised in Wisconsin. Um, after college, I moved down to Texas to further my college degree, which which was in interior design, ended up getting into retail, was, you know, fed the retail carrot, and that was dangled in front of me for 30 years. Do more, we'll pay you more. Uh, work more, we'll pay you more. But um, it was a good career for me, and um, I reti- I was able to retire early because of my years of service. I had bought property in Cripple Creek about 17 years ago and had pretty much decided that when I retired early, I still wanted to work. So there were lots of avenues in Cripple Creek to be able to do that. And tourism worked out perfectly. It's a great retirement uh, job and it's a lot of fun. And I thought I would do it for a short time. And I've been here about seven years working with Michelle. I almost bit off on that carrot this year because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of hunkered down. It's like, oh, I got to do something, get out of the house. And then uh, this podcast started. I was like, okay, well, I'll just use that as an excuse not to work right now. But uh, yeah, so you're, well, you're filled up now with people, right? You Have you got a full crew for the summer? Uh, I could still use one more. Why are you looking at me that way? <laughs> you said you wanted a job. Yeah, I know. Open mouth, insert foot on that one. The club you said was organized back in the 30s? 1931 as the Miles High Club. And then somewhere around, I want to say 1940s, they turned it, they uh, converted the name to Two Miles High Club, which thoroughly confuses lots of people about airplane miles high clubs. So we're we're constantly having to defend that name. Um, But it's been the Two Mile High Club, I would say, since the mid 40s. Hey, you want to join the Two Mile High Club? Uh, What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I can see how that you know, gets a bad rap every now and then, but it does. How many members are there of the Two Mile High Club? Well, I would say active members. There's probably about 125. Wow. Uh, and and not all, you know, active being able to help us physically, but physically about 30 volunteers uh, in the uh, Pikes Peak area that are able to come out and perform the physical, you know, requirements that can be anywhere from moving donkeys to helping hold hooves when we're doing uh, farrier work and so on and so forth. So uh, we have a good group right now. It's it's turned. We had a little lull about, you know, I would say about in the last 10 years, we had a lot of the old timers fall out. They moved um, and just couldn't perform the duties anymore. But we've got a huge surge of new people in uh, that have moved to Cripple Creek recently that have wanted to get involved. So we're very fortunate. 
to have new members being able to help. And they all come from a variety of experience. So we're able to tap into people that were marketing uh, professionals, had had a large animal experience, et cetera. So we even have an, a, an attorney that's been able to help us with some issues regarding, you know, signage and whatnot that we need uh, to prevent ourselves from any uh, safety issues and so forth. So, See, I had no idea. I thought it was just a bunch of people walking around with carrots and apples and stuff and just, you know, shoveling poop every now and then. <laughs> well, we do that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty well organized uh, organization, I guess, right? Right. Like a, like a better terms. I mean, tell me how that all kind of works. I mean, you got a president, you got a Right. Vice President, Secretary, all that kind of thing. Yeah, we have a board of officers and uh, there's a president, vice president and secretary and treasurer. But, you know, then we've got all of our members that uh, help out. We meet monthly. Uh, We have a couple fundraisers that we organize every year. We recently became a 501c3, which was something that I, myself, and another member really took on. I think the club back in the day thought they were a 501c3, and they never were. They were a nonprofit, but they had not completed the paper, the state paperwork to get the accreditations. And with the accreditations in the past couple of years, it's just opened up our ability to get all kinds of grant uh, funding and so forth. We're part of the Give Campaign, uh, Colorado Gives Day. We've been uh, supported by El Pamar. And it just really has opened up a lot in the past couple of years. So we spend a lot of our time uh, raising money for the donkeys through those avenues. I was going to ask you, how much money does it take uh, a year? Because you got, what, 13 donkeys now? We have, we do have 14 and it takes $1,500 per animal. So roughly twenty to 25000 uh, barring no physical, you know, or medical needs that sometimes will ramp up the cost. So we, we normally say twenty to 25000 a year. That's some serious ducats you got to raise it, every year. It really year. is. Yeah. Correct. When I first got up here a couple of years ago, I was, you know, I saw the donkeys roaming around. I was like, what, where am I at? Where, what the hell kind of place is this? I see. <laughs> I thought you were in Arizona. Uh, normally... Half of the herd, and there's reasons for uh, that at this point, and, and it's more medical, but half of the herd will travel the city streets uh, in your backyard, in your trash cans and all kinds of stuff. They'll be out on the roads uh, visiting uh, with neighbors, uh, residents, and so forth. And um, they are out from May 15th through October 15th every year because the grasses in the uh, you know fields and whatnot are enough for them to sustain uh, good health and whatnot. And we keep an eye on them. But during the winter months when everything is dormant, we bring them back to the pasture. So, you know, donkeys uh, walking around, it, yes, it's unique to Cripple Creek in, um, in Colorado, but donkeys um, and donkey events in Leadville, Fair Play and whatnot, it's become a huge um, opportunity for people to learn about, you know, how they were used in these mining towns and so forth. And lots of events are held uh, in honor of the donkeys. Burrow Days and Fair Play and Leadville does burrow races and we have donkey derby days. So it's become a, a, a Colorado mascot, so to speak, is the donkey. Well, donkey derby days have been cut down to what, only one day this this year? Yeah, one day this year. Um, normally, the city of Cripple Creek has been able to fund the event But since COVID and um, device fee issues and so on and so forth, uh, they had to look at their budget more carefully and had to uh, suspend funding of events for uh, the past couple of years, uh, this year included. So in order to hold those events, it's a very costly um, endeavor. And for us to take, you know, hard-earned money out of our reserves we had to look at uh, pairing it back a little bit. You know, music, sound, stage, all of that is a lot of money. So it's either, you know, feeding the critters or, you know, hiring a DJ like me. Right. Right. Exactly. Okay. I'm not a DJ. I just said that. <laughs> well, that's got to be kind of a gut wrenching thing, though. I mean, because I was really looking forward to it this year. It's like, okay, we're going to have all these events we can go to this summer because, you know, now we're almost out of spring tour. <laughs> And I, I kind of heard about, uh, you know, all the events kind of being cut down. I was, you know, it's kind of a bummer, but, uh, hey, one of you rich businessmen, you got to dig deep into your pockets, you know. That's what I'm saying. It's like everybody's um, 
really upset about what had to happen fiscally for Cripple Creek to survive and not sponsoring the events like they used to. So that's what I say. I said, you know, citizens, you want to do this? Well, jump in, you know, jump in with your, your wallet, jump in, physically help with your volunteerism, things like that. And Donkey Derby Days is one of those events that you can go up to any member and say, hey, what can I do to help? And they, they'll embrace it 100%. Absolutely. How does one become a volunteer? Basically, you just contact us. We have a website and that's cripplecreekdonkeys.com or you can just email us at two mile high club at gmail.com and let us know that you're interested. And then we kind of get your uh, interests, your availability, your location, and so on and so forth. Some volunteers live as far away as Colorado Springs and some of the volunteers that are more needed for you know, emergency type attention are located within the city city's uh, district area, you know, within the within the one mile radius. And we need those people because sometimes we do get calls that, hey, we see a donkey limping and we can immediately attend to that with the amount of volunteers we have right in the city. Do you have a vet that's assigned to the club or someone or is that just kind of a volunteer basis as well? No, Dr. Wright, he's been taking care of the donkeys. He's out of Lake George and he's been doing it for, I want to say, close to 20 years now. So, oh, wow. Yep. For me, it's like, uh, hey, I'm going to start packing carrots around you know, or some apples or something like that. What's the procedure? Can I just walk up to them and just feed them? What's, what's the deal? As long as you don't stand behind them, you're pretty safe. We do guide uh, visitors to how to approach them, you know, no fast movement and whatnot, because they will react. They'll respond. They're wild animals. Not completely domesticated, but they are used to visitors and vehicles and things like that. They'll stick your head in their head in your car while thinking that they're going to get a carrot. But if you do see them on the streets, uh, we ask that you just uh, use an open hand if you have a treat and approach them from the front. And they are very, they're very gentle animals. You can pet them and so on and so forth. It just, you know, no, no uh, quick movements and you don't want to stand behind them because donkeys kick and. And uh, you have to be careful. Good to know because uh, I'm going to be heading up there next week. I'm going to be on the donkey hunt. <laughs> Everybody is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking around, it's like, hey, yeah. well, if you, if you have a yard up there, I, I, I'd be had the gate open. It's like, oh, instant lawnmower. Come on in, guys. That's exactly what they're used for. <laughs> yeah. Just don't use Roundup and green chemicals and right, crap right. like that. You know, I'm, I'm not into that anyway. But uh, yeah, it's good to know because I, I had that question. It's, it may seem stupid, but it's like, okay, how do I feed these guys when I see them? Because I, I think it's cool. I, I definitely want to come up there with some organic veggies and and, uh, and feed these guys. And when you say feed and treats, uh, to be specific, it's healthy treats for the animals. Unfortunately, I've seen people feed them popcorn, Ugh. Cheetos, Ugh. Ding Dongs. I'm serious. Right. Ham sandwiches. And, and, and it's like, come on, come on, people. So, so talk a little bit about that. Right. The healthy treats are, we highly suggest apples cut up into smaller pieces uh, because... Uh, a, even though a donkey has a very large mouth, it will normally not want to put a whole apple in its mouth. It, it likes smaller pieces. Same with carrots. If you give it a whole, you know, 12 inch carrot, it's going to bite off just a piece and then drop the rest. It'll, it'll eventually get picked up. But smaller pieces, uh, we have donkey treats that we purchase from uh, Divide Feed Up here. And they're available at the museums and uh, many of the retail stores in town. And it's for a donation, a dollar a bag, and they're healthy treats. Again, like Michelle said, no popcorn bread, nothing processed out of a out of a, a chip bag, anything like that. And unfortunately, we do see that, but I think our recent communication on what is good for them has really gotten out to everybody. It's on our website. It's also on our Facebook page that we post. And um, people have really taken that to heart and are very careful now. We've been talking about it for the last few weeks because uh, in anticipation of the big release, which didn't happen because of the fire, obviously. But uh, right. but I, I guess they're out now, though, right? They are out now. And normally, I would like to say we were able to track them. We have a, a caller system that we have uh, apps on our phones for, the officers do. And we do have the app available. It is currently being looked at right now because we've got a technical issue, but uh, we are in the process of getting those uh, repaired and reapplied on the donkeys so that we can track them. It was a huge help for us last year to understand that just by being able to pull it up on our phone, we were able to tell where the donkeys were if they were in distress. 
Um, Last year, for example, 4th of July, they were completely spooked by the fireworks. Oh, I bet. And we saw them heading out on Teller 1 past Mount Pisgah Cemetery. So we had to like rally the troops to get out there. Had we not seen that or been watching that, they could have gotten pretty far down Teller 1 without, and it would have been difficult for them to pull back because we can't put them in trailers. Yeah, because once they start getting out into the hinterland, so to speak, it's like, uh, I don't know if it's that easy to get them back because I'm, I'm guessing that some of them may not want to go back with you. Exactly. Exactly. When they see all those uh, wide open pastures of fresh grass, uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty appealing to them. They've been caught on Shelf Road a couple of times that we've had to go rescue them. And just all we do is corral them back. And, and the only reason we can think of that they like to stay in the city is they know that they have this daily visitor contact of real yummy carrots and apples and things like that. So. Yeah, you get out of town, it becomes donkey crack at that time. You know? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> oh, look at all that fresh grass and stuff. I'm sure they all have their unique personalities, right? They do, and they all have names. And you can see all of them on our website at cripplecreekdonkeys.com. And yes, they all have personalities. Um, Flash is one that likes to, you know, is a little more energetic. Hershey is a little more standoffish. Amos is a kicker. So Amos normally has to stay in the pasture all year because of he, he's just a kicker. He likes to kick and it's that's not safe for our, our, our visitors and so forth. But yes, we all um, have our own opinions of each donkey and what we, we even have buddies. We have um, Flash likes to hang out with Cassie and they're like best friends. When the herd is out on the street, the other donkeys are in one section and Cassie and Flash are on their own. They like to hang out by themselves and not hang out with the rest of the herd. You'll probably see me. I'll be the guy wearing a uh, a vest, a helmet, mouthpiece, and a football cup <laughs> so I don't get kicked in the groin or, or whatever. Just don't walk behind them. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I learned before from being around, you know, quarter horses and stuff like that, you know, and just my, my limited knowledge is like, okay, I don't want to get behind any of these animals because it's like, you know, I don't want to be a... It's like the old Budweiser commercials where the Clydesdales kick the football, you know, right. that would be me flying, you know, through the, <laughs> through the uprights. Just want to have people understand that we are having donkey derby days this year and the city is helping us with some of the operational costs, uh, which they were able to do. They can't fund it a hundred percent, but they're helping us with operational costs. So we really appreciate that. And we have a Big day planned with three heats and a championship heat uh, borough race. We have a great concert uh, planned for the end of the day. We're bringing in Ted Vigil, who is a nationally touring John Denver artist. And he uh, travels the country. He does a lot also in the Pikes Peak region. He does the Broadmoor. He's doing Star uh, Gazers Theater. And uh, we were able to raise enough money to get him because we think he is, you know, that's Colorado and that's what people are connected to. There's also, there's going to be vendors, there's food trucks, there's... Oh yeah, we've got the Tenderfoot Bluegrass Band playing during the day. Food vendors, uh, educational vendors, the Flores and Fossil Bus, the Lake George Gem and Mineral Club, uh, we've got the uh, Colorado School of Mines. We've got two of their uh, competition students coming to do a demonstration. So it's not just uh, food and beer. We've got a lot of educational uh, booths applicable to the state of Colorado and our general area. Now, what's the date on Donkey Derby Days this year? August 13th, Saturday, August 13th. Be there. And all the money goes directly back to the Two Mile High Club, yep. which takes care of those donkeys. Maybe we better send the Bear Cave uh, Easy Up out there with uh, our sponsor in the Shadow Designs. Well, I've already been, um, I'm pulling beer all day. <laughs> oh, does that mean you don't want to hang out? Oh, I'd love to. You can, to, come, but, you can but come hang out. <laughs> now, if, if, uh, if we are a vendor, how do we get in contact? Do we just go to the website and... And, and look it up there? Uh, first, you would send uh, us an email at twomilehighclub at gmail.com. And then we would send you the vendor application. There is a vendor fee, but it is 100% tax deductible. And the fee goes directly to the Two Mile High Club for the care and feeding of the donkeys. Sounds like we need to get on our Bear Cave sponsors to get out there and support this event. For sure. 
Thank you so much. That would be greatly appreciated. August 13th, right? Yep. August 13th. We start at 10 a.m. Uh, we have a parade at 11 and then our uh, races start at noon. Okay. Well, I'm going to mark that down on the Bear Cave calendar because for sure I'm not going to miss it this year. Well, thank you. We'd love to have you. All right, Ellen, I appreciate you taking the time to come into the Bear Cave and giving our listeners a background and a view of what's going on. And, you know, everybody needs to get out there and support that worthy effort. Thank you so much. All right, when we come back, it is story time with Michelle. Finally, we've been waiting for two weeks for this, so don't go away. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress in your life. You can always improve your health. Animus Wellbeing practitioners in Woodland Park believe that beauty radiates from within because being healthy is beautiful. No matter what your age, they can help you improve and enjoy a better quality of life. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, you've come to the right place. They currently offer nutritional consultations, personal cooking classes, catering, and even guided meditation sessions for both group and individuals. Let them help you achieve a life of optimal well-being. Check them out at Animus Wellbeing. That's A-N-I- M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G dot com. Welcome back to This Week in the Barricade with Dennis and Michelle. And uh, that segment was pretty cool. I had no idea there was so much donkey... Ology? Correct. No, it's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad I got the instructions so I don't uh, wind up in the hospital when I try to feed him some carrots. Correct. <laughs> Ooh, that can't, that can't feel good getting kicked by one of those bad boys. No. But, and right now, oh, I've so missed this for the whole week. It's story time with Michelle. All right, Michelle, we know that it's a Memorial Day weekend coming up, and I'm betting that you have something in relation to that, right? Absolutely. Uh, a lot of us don't know where Memorial Day came from, so I guess that's my obligation, isn't it? Oh, well, you are the history person. <laughs> so uh, Decoration Day, now uh, known as Memorial Day, is an American holiday observed on the last Monday of May, honoring the men and women who died while serving in the U.S. military. The Civil War, which ended in the spring of 1865, claimed more lives than any conflict in U.S. history and required the establishment of the country's first national cemeteries. I did not know that. I didn't either. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. So by the late 1860s, Americans in various towns and cities had begun holding springtime tributes to these countless fallen soldiers, decorating their graves with flowers and reciting prayers. It's unclear where exactly this tradition originated. Numerous different communities have independently initiated the memorial gatherings, and some records even show that one of the earliest Memorial Day commemorations was organized by a group of formerly enslaved people in Charleston, South Carolina, less than a month after the Confederacy surrendered in 1865. Nevertheless, in 1966, the federal government declared Waterloo, New York, the official birthplace of Memorial Day. So Waterloo, which first celebrated the day on May 5th in 1866, was chosen because it hosted an annual community-wide event during which businesses closed and residents decorated the graves of soldiers with flowers and flags. On May 5th, 1868, General John A. Logan, a leader of an organization for Northern Civil War veterans, called for a nationwide day of remembrance later that month. He was quoted saying, The 30th of May, 1868, is designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion and whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet churchyard in the land. 
The date of Decoration Day, as it was called, was chosen because it wasn't the anniversary of any particular battle. Memorial Day, as Decoration Day gradually became known, originally honored only those lost while fighting in the Civil War. But during World War I, the United States found itself embroiled in another major conflict, and the holiday evolved to commemorate American military personnel who died in all wars, including World War II, the Vietnam War, the Korean War, and the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Cities and towns across the United States host Memorial Day parades each year, often incorporating military personnel and members of veterans' organizations. Some of the largest take place in Chicago, New York, and Washington, D.C. Americans also observe Memorial Day by visiting cemeteries and memorials. Some people wear a red poppy in remembrance of those fallen in war, a tradition that began with World War I poem called In Flanders Field, written by a Canadian surgeon serving in the Allied Artillery Unit. And there you have it. There you have it. And I threw the poppy thing in because I remember always buying poppies as a kid. My dad always did because he yeah, served right. in the Air Force. And I didn't know where that came from. So if you're interested, go look up the story of not only the uh, poem, but why that poem exists and why he wrote that. It is a pretty interesting story when you get into it, but uh, I know there's some events in uh, in Teller County happening this weekend as well. VFW, American Legion, they all have the ceremonies going on. So I think all you have to do is look up their sites and go online. And uh, if you feel the need to honor those veterans, please do so. And like you said, don't, don't wish them a happy Memorial Day. Just thank them for their service. Absolutely. Well, with that being said, it is Memorial Day weekend, and I hate to get back to the whole, hey, what's happened with events, but uh, it is part of our American culture, and I've got to think that there are some things going up in Cripple Creek this weekend, right? This is the weekend that everything blows wide open. So every attraction is open, including the train. I know, one day you're going to come up and do that. Yes. <laughs> Every museum is open. In over in Victor, the Lowell Thomas Museum is open. We have trolley tours starting this weekend. So there's a trolley tour that uh, starts over in Victor out of Lowell Thomas, and then there's one that starts in Cripple Creek out of the uh, District Museum parking lot. Two totally different entities, two totally different tours. Do them both, because they're both fantastic. And uh, the main thing I have going on up at the Heritage Center is we have an art show going on uh, by the Cripple Creek Art Alliance. It starts on Friday afternoon and goes all the way through Monday, 9 to 5, the same hours at the Heritage Center. That's where it's being hosted. So come on up. All local artists, super, super talented. And is that artwork for sale if someone wants to buy it? All of it is for sale. Uh Aha. (laughs) Aha. And unfortunately, we did lose two of the artists this past year. And so it is also in memory of of their service uh, with us in the art world and um, they will be sorely missed. Now, are the monies going to the artists themselves or is a, it's not a charity event or anything like that? It is not a charity event. The money does go to the artists. Um, as the Art Alliance, we haven't quite gotten together. We're probably going to start donating to different organizations some of the monies. Uh, the Heritage Center does benefit from it. Each artist does pay a fee to the Heritage Center, so it does benefit us. Sounds like a good time to me. I think I may uh, have to... Are you going to be up there all weekend long? I probably won't be up there all weekend. I got fishing on my mind, ain't going to lie. <laughs> all right. But I will have my, my photography in the show. And uh, the vibes are playing this weekend, too. So uh, There's lots of good stuff going on this weekend. Well, it is the official opening to summer. Correct. So maybe we won't get 15 inches of snow this weekend. That, that would be nice. That would be really nice. <laughs> I think the weather's supposed to be great, but uh, hey, and while you're up there, you can go buy donkey treats, too. Yes, you can, and go find the donkeys. All right, plenty of things to do in Teller County, for sure, this weekend. Coming up next, it's our field producer, Trevor Phipps, News of the Weird, and find out who gets tossed on the bear pile this week, so come on back. have an upcoming special event and don't know what to do? In the Shadow Designs can create one-of-a-kind pieces for you. Located in the heart of Woodland Park, Colorado, In the Shadow Designs specializes in beautiful centerpieces, wreaths, and one-of-a-kind creations for your home or business. 
Whether it's a baby shower, celebration of life, anniversary, or corporate event, let In the Shadow Designs meet your needs. So contact In the Shadow Designs today on their Facebook page or give them a call at 818-400-1456. Let In the Shadow Designs do the work for you so you don't have to. Are you having a hard time seeing out of those dirty Colorado windows? Or maybe it's just time to finally clean those sidewalks, garages, and those stains on services around your home and office. Well, now there's a solution, and it's Peak Washing LLC. Veteran-owned and operated, Peak Washing LLC is your mobile window cleaning and pressure washing solution. Their services range from residential jobs to commercial projects using a safe and environmentally friendly approach. Peak Washing LLC can also clean and sanitize heavy construction equipment. There's virtually no job that Peak Washing can't handle. So call Greg at 719-651-7518 or find them on their Facebook page under Peak Washing LLC. That's Peak Washing LLC, your solution to that dirty job. Barricade with Dennis and Michelle, and once again, we are joined by our field producer, Trevor Phipps, on the Barricade Hotline. Trevor, what's happening? Hey, how's it going? Well, you know, obviously the uh, tragic events of the the shootings and mass craziness, it's uh, kind of good to get back to our Teller County roots, so to speak. So, true to form, from what Mayor Labar was saying, apparently the city council meeting was short and boring. Yeah, it really was. It was, I think they made a comment that it might be a record because it was done in less than an hour. Like, I think it's about 50 minutes. Was Zulu Man pissed off because he couldn't talk for two hours? Um, no, he, he used his report to complain. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got his fair share in. Well, obviously he didn't have much to say because the meeting was over in about an hour, right? Yeah. But there wasn't a whole lot on the agenda. There there was some stuff, but it was all kind of quick business items type stuff. Um, He did make some comments about how he didn't like the possible idea of the new developer taking the DDA property, kind of questioned some actions from the DDA during his report. But that was about it. Um, The only other thing was that... uh. The owner of the Red Diamond Gastro Truck was approved for liquor license for his new Red Diamond Gastro Pub that will be in where Rhapsody is right now. Well, you know, like you and I were talking earlier, too, and, you know, there's businesses that are popping up and all of a sudden all these bars are coming in. So you can get liquored up and drink plenty of coffee in Woodland Park, I guess, you know, so who knows. But carry your guns, remember? Oh, that's right. You just can't drink and have your gun at the establishment. But uh, anyway, at least, uh, you know, the school board, that's uh, that's still happening. And after that kind of a weird town hall meeting that really wasn't a town hall meeting, what's uh, what's going on with those guys? Now they're, it looks like they're working towards the lease agreement so Merritt Academy can share the middle school. So they've had some special meetings this week. They're going to be having their general meeting, the regularly scheduled meeting that was postponed so they could do all the stuff about the Merritt Academy contract. Is anybody getting sick of Merritt Academy yet? Yeah, I think so, but... <laughs> pretty much done and over with at this point. So I think this meeting kind of summing up the school year. There's a report from where high school students share the great things they learned in the schools and just a bunch of general items. Well, maybe you'll be out of there in less than three and a half hours. So that's a that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm hoping. Well, moving on, kind of wrap up. I mean, there's still weirdness going on in Florissant, right? I mean, all of a sudden there's no board and then there's a board and then there isn't a board and now there's a board again. My understanding is that it got quite heated. Uh, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember, but uh, kind of what have you heard about that nonsense out there? Well, I guess they had a, a regular board meeting to basically where they dismissed their chief, Mike Bailey. And and then um, during the meeting, I guess there was some, they only 
let like 40 people go in and made a lot of people stand outside, even though some people were saying they've had more than 40 people in there in the past. And then there is something, I think it was in the Fair Play Flume, where it said that a firefighter was trying to film the meeting and one of the board members told him to put the phone down or he'd shove it up his rear end. (laughs) And I guess they were going to have a town hall meeting afterwards to kind of get comments from everybody. But that was scheduled for last Saturday and the snow came. So they rescheduled it. I thought maybe it took so long for everybody to take their phones back into their cars because they were worried about it. <laughs> I mean, what, what kind of person you have to be? I mean, this is a you know, classic example of uh, do as I say and not as I do. I'm sitting on the board and I have a, a firefighter, the same person I'm supposed to be representing, and I'm threatening to shove the phone up his backside. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. This It can only happen in Florida. That's all I can say. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just ridiculous at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I had to mention it because it was so bizarre. Didn't some people have signs and they were kind of protesting a little bit? And the board had yeah, the gall I mean, to I say think I heard too, they wouldn't let them bring the signs inside there or something. Yeah, because uh, they were talking about First Amendment rights, which it really is. I mean, look, I can't control what happens inside the room. I get that part, but you can't tell me to take down my sign, my protest sign, or say whatever I want outside of the that meeting itself. So. I don't know. That's if you're not talking about a private building. It's a public building funded by taxpayers. So right. I don't know that they can tell you you can't bring signs or record a public meeting inside a public building. Yeah, it's a public building paid for by the taxpayers and it is protected under the First Amendment. So Gandalf is sitting up there and trying to run the board and with his, you know, stroking his long beard and saying, oh, this is, it's, it's really weird. It's a different world that we live in. But if you don't want to be a good old boy network, like the board's been accused of out there, then quit being a good old boy network. (laughs) I mean, it's just so weird to me, but, uh, Hey, getting back to the whole school board thing, I forgot to ask you about this. Uh, are the lawsuits still active with that whole situation? As far as I know, I haven't really heard anything as far as what the next steps are, but um, I reached out to the parent that filed the lawsuit and she wouldn't comment because the lawsuit still underway and she didn't want to say anything that would jeopardize her litigation. If there is more steps, I, I, I'm really not up to date and they're not really telling me. So. I just kind of thought about that too. It's like at this point, it seems like a moot point it doesn't really matter anymore. It's a done deal. Move on and have a good life. Yeah. What other kind of local stuff is happening? The one big thing, the fire, the High Park fire was actually announced that it was 100% contained, I think, yesterday. So after that five days in a row, we got snow in Teller County. I think it choked the rest of it out. So, Well, the thing that amazes me so much is that there were no injuries. There were no structures lost. Despite of Gandalf and his board out in Florissant, Everybody pulled together, and I've, I heard a lot of stories about volunteers and things like that. So I did hear on social media that somebody did lose a chicken coop. Oh, well. There was one structure lost. That was a chicken coop. But all the chickens were safe. They got all the chickens out. Fire took the coop. Uh, well, if that's the only thing that happened, then, uh, hey, I'll come out and help you build a new chicken coop. <laughs> right, yeah. Okay, well, moving on to sports, the vibes are back in action. And uh, despite our best efforts to get out to the game, it was a little bit rainy and it was snowing up in Woodland Park and we decided to punt. Something new that's happening, they've got it online this year, but the opening day was not so great, was it? No, it was a little rough to watch. I was watching it online and it was a shutout for most of the game. And I think about seven to nothing is kind of when I tuned out. And then I saw the final score, it's 15 to one. So the vibes finally got a score in there at the end of the game but Michelle has a bucket in front of her face right now (laughs) (laughs) oh that's painful (laughs) yeah Yeah. I don't know we'll see hopefully and then their second game was rained out hopefully it was just a fluke for the first game and they'll come back well from what I was seeing they had a one to nothing lead after the first inning so um, I I kind of tuned in late but at least the vibes are back and playing and uh, I gotta tell you folks if you're not getting involved with some of these games it's a it's a whole different look now don't let the first game scare you away 
is still a good time, and our friend Kay Goodell is uh, really making an effort along with the new staff and the team to make it a fun event for your family, and especially this weekend, because uh, there's some games this weekend you can go to, and uh, stay tuned, because I think the Bear Cave, we're going to throw out a few more contests in the future, but uh, get out there and support those guys. It's a beautiful field. It's a brand new attitude, and uh, this year we've got uh, some new coaching staff, some new players. I think there were six that came back from what I understand. But uh, what are you most excited for for the whole season? Um, I think just the just the games themselves and kind of the schedule. They've done some new things as far as uh, the certain specials that they have on certain days. Um, there's going to be some really interesting sounding theme nights on Saturdays this year. So, And I think that's kind of what the Rocky Mount Vibes games are all about. Like even if the team isn't doing the best during the season, it's still fun to go out there and kind of enjoy the other entertainment and kind of the other stuff that goes along with the baseball games. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Is, you know, some of the theme nights are having a Marvel night where people dress up as your favorite Marvel comic characters. Um, they're having a Broncos night. And we'll probably see some more stuff kind of get added and change as the season goes on. So I just think it'll be fun to go out there and enjoy the sun and then watch some baseball regardless of how well they do as a team or not. I agree with you. So maybe we'll have to dust off our Spider-Man costumes and uh, go out there. Yeah. Well, and I would say, so I'm not a big baseball fan. I'll be, you know, upfront with that. And I do have friends that are. We've gone and seen the Rockies a few times. But this is so cool to have this right in our own backyard, you know, right down in Colorado Springs. And it is fun being out, you know, in, in a baseball field and just you're not necessarily watching the whole game but it's also just a social hour it's a great time to get together with friends and family and uh just socialize so i'm totally i'm gonna do this this year well i know the bear cave is gonna have some uh days at the vibes game and we're gonna have some contests that we're trying to get people excited about the game and or games i should say and uh yeah come out and join us at the park hopefully we'll have some listeners joining us this season yeah, hope so. All right, Trevor, we're going to let you go. And, uh, man, I'll see you at the game here uh, shortly. All right, that sounds good. With the snow being gone, we got Memorial Day weekend, and we got baseball. So that tells me that, eh, maybe we can thaw out a little bit in the next, uh, I don't know, year or so. Right. <laughs> Is it really, really spring? Uh, I don't know. I hope this isn't a sucker hole like it was a couple of weeks ago. I think we'll get, what, two weeks of spring, and then it'll be summer. Yeah. Right? Most likely. <laughs> Isn't that how that works? <laughs> it's just more weirdness, like I said. Anyway, speaking of weird, it is that time again. It is time for News of the Weird. Okay, you can't make this up, and it's uh, almost as weird as a monkeypox story. But anyway, Motel 41, the Indiana Motel in Evansville, Indiana. Yep, you know where I'm going with this where Vicki and Casey White hold up for part of their 11 days on the run, where the escaped murderer and his sexy mama were having sexy time. What kind of sickness is that? Hey. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to stay in a flea bag motel for, you know, what? I can't even believe this is going on. What the hell's wrong with people? Apparently, dozens of people have added their names to a wait list for those who hope to rent the hotel room. Ew where the Whites, again, not related, were allegedly in the thrones of their romantic relationship and they had stayed for a portion of their time on the run from the Lauderdale County Detention Center in Florence, Alabama. The list has grown to 70 names of people who hope to stay in their room, number 150 as of Monday afternoon. The room, which typically costs $63 a night, has jumped to between $75 and $100 a night. In the meantime, the hotel staff got rid of the number sign that was on the door because people kept stealing it. You gotta be kidding me. I have one question. I can't, I can't not ask this. Did they leave any of their sex toys behind? Oh. You've been hanging around me way too right. long. Right. Oh, they were probably taken in as evidence for, you know, concealed weapons or something like that. Right. I, I have no idea. But okay, so here you are at this I mean, this this place is a dump. I've seen pictures of it, and everybody says that it's you know it's one of those. I think it's one of those kind of motels that you find on on the off ramp. It's two o'clock in the morning. You got no other choice. Exactly. You, yeah, it's like a base motel. You got this this flashing neon sign going off and on, and it's like vacancy, no vacancy, <laughs> right. vacancy kind of thing. But who in their right mind is like, hey, this is going to be great. I want to stay in room one fifty, where you know. 
Frump Muffin and the Murderer <laughs> were hanging out. Who does that? Obviously, a lot of people. They got 70 on a waiting list. Jeez, <laughs> 70 people. Uh, and I, oh, I'm sure the motel is just like thrilled. Oh, absolutely. Hey, man, we got a waiting list. Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me? Is this Motel 41? Well, yes, it is. I would like to reserve room 150, please. <laughs> But people are stealing the signs, and so they just left the, you know, they left the room number off. <sighs> oh, brother. It takes all time. It does. If we had 70 positions for the bear pile <laughs> with names, you would all be on Correct. it. You know? But uh, maybe we'll just throw them on as a group. I don't know. Because it is that time. It's time for the bear pile. As you know by now, each week we nominate top subjects, events, and or people who should be tossed on the bear pile and eaten by the bears. <laughs> The person, place, or thing being thrown onto the bear pile to be eaten by the bears this week is... Yeah, it was a close one, but... Uh, nasty Grandma, Helen Hirsch, for using her apartment sports complex as her own personal toilet. Such a nasty little woman. Maybe she should start tipping again. <laughs> Who does that? Anyway, the nominations this week are... Number one, Michael Sussman for lying to the FBI about the Donald and his connection to Russia. Well, maybe Hillary can visit him at Club Fed from time to time. I doubt and, it. Yeah, probably right. Yeah, Hillary ain't going to go there. Nope. I want to keep her. Number two, Karen Elaine Johnson, also known as Whoopi Goldberg, for criticizing the Archbishop on his decision to apply the rules of the Catholic Church to a drunk Catholic hypocrite. Yeah, that would be Skeletor herself. I guess she still has a beef with the nuns back in the day, so Whoopi had to get involved. <laughs> Do you still get like a PTSD from... Sometimes. <laughs> from nun school? Well, it wasn't really nun school, it was grade school. Right. And number three, of course, no-brainer, Motel 41, for capitalizing monetarily on their celebrity guest, even though the guest was a murderer and a frumpy girlfriend. Well, maybe they can take the money and fumigate that bug-infested flop house. <laughs> well, that's another episode in the can for us. We hope you enjoyed the show. And as always, thanks for joining us this week. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, Animus Wellbeing, In the Shadow Designs, and Peak Washing LLC. Special thanks to our guest, Ellen Moore, for coming into the Bear Cave this week. And of course, our field producer and man about town, Trevor Phipps. If you have an event coming up or you want to become a sponsor of the show, just hit us up on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. You can access the show on Spotify, Podbean, or Anchor by Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And your hate mail can be sent to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. Our guest next week will be Whoopi Johnson, or Aaron Goldberg. I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> anyway, we want her to recite the rosary. You know, the whole thing. Right. That could take a while, though. It could. The Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security was supposed to come in today, but we are told that he was interrogating Adam Schiff, probably trying to find out what planet he's really from. I think he maybe came in here on one of those interstellar pentos. I'm not sure. Anyway, talk to you again next week, everyone. Be well, and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Santa Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. <laughs>